Hello, and welcome to Kinks in the Road. I'm Marcus. And I'm Jake. Uh, this is a podcast about staying on course through all of life's twists and turns. This is a space where we talk about where we've been, where we are, where we're going, and how to get there. Cool. Well, hi, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Um, wow, intense couple weeks here. Uh, you were in Mexico. Yeah, I got to go to Mexico City. I was there for five days for the Mr. Mexico Leather Contest. I was there as a judge. Um, I also judged the Mr. Mexico Puppy Contest as oh. well. They were, they were held simultaneously, the gotcha. Puppy and Mr. Leather Contest. It was really fun. I liked it a lot. Yeah, That's awesome. What did you learn? Um... It's really great to see the leather community in Mexico, um, to meet people, meet people there. Um, of course, um, I love visiting Mexico. Um, it's like very magical. I love the, I love the history of Mexico. I love the like, um, Aztec, um, culture. It all feels really, um, colorful and, um, and you know, it feels like, a part of my own heritage being Mexican American, um, which is, this is a sort of kind of a newer thing that I, I talk about. It's like, it's not, it's fresh to me as of when I like was 38 and I signed up to take a Latin civilization class okay. at the uh, community college. But um, some people don't really think about it, but like I'm from Texas and Texas was part of Mexico. Yeah. Um, not too long ago, you know? So um, I am uh, Mexican American, I'm Latino. And when people ask me where I'm from, I generally say Texas, but they're like, but no, no, like, where's sure. your family from? And I'm like, where in Mexico is your family from? And I'm like, well, my family's from Texas, which was Mexico. Right, so, right, right. Um, it's hard for some people to understand, to grasp this concept, but like the border crossed, the border crossed us. Like as a result, I became, you know, a, an American because of, because of what history was, but that land was part of Mexico. And so being in Mexico city kind of ignites like how, how familiar the people and the culture, um, is even though I was even though I feel distanced from it um, because of I don't speak Spanish my parents didn't teach me Spanish um, and because you know I grew up in the United States you know and my parents grew up in the United States so and did their you, parents grew up did you uh, participate in any Dia de los Muertos anything when you were growing up no you know that's that's a really great question because um, my introduction to Dia de los Muertos was Coco. I love, dude, I w saw that on a plane. I cried three times on that plane watching that movie. Yeah. One of my favorite films. I am obsessed with Coco. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. If you haven't seen it, you it is a must watch. It really is. Yeah, I loved it. I went alone to the theater and watched that. Um, and that's what really turned me on to like the whole Day of the Dead Um culture or um traditions i should say it um, it made me appreciate it much more knowing the depth of it and and figuring you know 
getting different perspectives on something that's so new to me and something that's just completely fascinating, you know, really honoring our ancestors and what does that mean, you know, because it's where we all come from this lineage and every culture has respected their ancestors in some way. And so what does it mean? You know, you know, uh, I think it's Japanese culture. They usually have like a photo of a um, past relative in like a kind of like a shrine area, you know, where they can pay their respects and they can talk to them and, you know, and then obviously day of the dead where you go there and to their, to their gravesite usually. And, you know, you have offerings and you have a little party and, and, you know, all of these different cultures have this way of respecting those who have gone before us and those who were the ones why we're here, you know? Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. It's not coincidental that we're talking about this again. You know, last time we had a conversation, it was Halloween, Yeah, but we're still in Scorpio season and Scorpio is about death. It's about sex. It's about death. It's about regeneration. And that's what death is about is regeneration. And, um, and so to exactly, yeah, to, um, this concept of like connecting to our ancestors um, in any way possible. Like I'm such a big believer in developing that relationship. Absolutely. I've talked about Emiliano Zapata before Mm -hmm. a Mexican revolutionary hero. And we're here in my living room and I created a a little altar um, that includes a picture of uh, Clint Yeager, our, um, our friend and coworker from the Eagle who recently passed um, because he came to me in my dream last night. So I felt, I felt uh, inspired to yeah. incorporate um, these two ancestors um, in this altar that's sitting in front of us right now. Um, yeah. So I love that you are so magical. You already have, you have, and you've been, practicing different kinds of magic for so long already so like you already had i think a lot of experience with like this topic of connecting to ancestors but i don't think most people i mean i'll I'll speak for myself i didn't focus on that so much before but at the same time before i started getting into sort of witchy magic spirituality um i didn't have anything to I had Catholicism until I came out at 18 years old. And then I had wake up, live your life, be led by my desires, try to be a good person. I'm a good person. like Whatever that means, yeah. Who, who needs like a spiritual sort of program. Yeah, or, yeah, or, or whatever life, that looks like for you. Yeah, Spiritual life. But now, now it has become such a primary part of my of my life and i foresee it just you know continuing to become stronger and more important well it's blossoming you know and i think um what i've realized from a lot of our our listeners is you know there's sort of this like second coming out of like being spiritual in this way and having had experiences of whether it's paranormal or synchronistic or angelic or like whatever it may be, but whether it, you know, maybe it's a ghost experience of a relative or a stranger, but I wasn't, there wasn't this moment where I sat down and I was like, 
you know, I'm really going to connect with my ancestors. I, the, is it the first or the second? The first guide that I connected with who was a spirit was my grandmother. And that's, that's because she, she started coming to me in dreams and then more and more heavily after my first relationship, the super abusive one, she was really with me after that. But did you ever get to meet your grandmother? Or of course. Yeah. Did? Okay. Yeah. I, I say, of course, like everybody gets to meet their grandma. I didn't meet my grandfather, her late husband, but um, yes. And I, we were connected. We always had this special bond. I don't, I think I got like my witchy stuff from her. Uh, whatever that juju is genetically, it was definitely her side and, you know, cause she was native. And so there was already this rich sense of spirituality behind native culture. And what kind of native, uh, we were Cherokee mm. and, uh, and so I grew up with a mom who was very like animist, which is like very Pocahontas belief creator is in everything, you know, stuff like that. And there was this sense of connectedness, even when I was young, that was very, very helpful. And like I said, I think I said in a previous episode that my dad raised us to think like, hey, you know, I'm Lutheran at this time, but that doesn't mean you have to be. I want you to explore what makes sense to you, you know, kind of like a choose your own adventure type vibe. And that's why I consider myself more polytheist than anything is because I, I take what I what I associate and, and resonate most with from a bunch of different cultures and a bunch of different religions and spiritual sects and stuff. But the idea is um, I only connected with my ancestors because they connected with me. You know, Lisi, Ulisi in Cherokee means grandmother. We all called her Lisi. Uh, her name was Joan. But uh, Lisi came to me and then I just thought it was my imagination at first because I hadn't really connected with many spirits before that. I was about 18 or 19. Um, and the only other spirit guide that I had with, who was a person was um, my first ex late husband who passed away two months before I ever even met him. His name was or is Barry. Barry was with me and communicating with me and I dreamt of him. I mean, while I was dating my ex and my ex was like, Oh, I never dream of him. I, he doesn't come to me, you know, but Barry was really looking out for me. He, he was like, you know, anytime I would start to get really upset, he would, I would see him, you know, in my mind's eye, it wasn't like a full blown apparition or anything, but he, I would see him in my mind's eye and he would be looking at me and he would just shake his head. And basically to say, like, don't take this personally. It's not about you. Like, he has some serious issues that he needs to work through. This is not about you. Like, don't freak out. Don't, you know, like, kind of guiding me into this safer place where I didn't take things so personally. And that was one of my biggest issues. And so he was really helping me see that in myself and how that could lead me to very catastrophic and angry moments. This is a boyfriend's father who you didn't meet. Is that what you said? Uh, my my boyfriend's late uh, partner. Partner. Yeah. So they were together for eight years, and then he passed away two months before I met um, the one the one who mm -hmm. wasn't dead, obviously. So I never even met Barry, mm -hmm. but he came to me all the time. And then after I broke up with 
my ex, um, Lisi started seeing me more because it was more that I needed the nurturing. I needed the healing. I needed the connectedness to my family because family was so f- broken at that time for me. You know, it, I just did not have a good relationship with many of my family members. I felt very disjointed spiritually, uh, physically, or not physically, but like relationally, I meant. Um, so I'm very grateful that they did connect with me and that I was open to connecting with them too. You know, I would, I was always very talkative with my guides. I would always have this conversation. And at first I thought it was like my imagination and I was like, well, if it's helping me, whatever. But then I saw this video of someone talking about, oh, like, you know, that it's your guides when you hear them immediately respond to your questions. And that's how all of my conversations with my guides started and how they evolved was at, then I could start differentiating like their tones and their, their voices and their, their, their inflections and the words that they would use or like the pet names or like whatever it was, then I could start to distinguish who they were and it became a lot easier to communicate and know who was talking to me. Well, see, that all sounds very, very magical. And again, sometimes for me, it like that's not how my I wish my experience was like that. Like I, I was hearing these different voices, and I could, I could distinguish like who all the different people are or beings that are communicating with me. Um, but one thing that 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 reminds me of is I think it was a book that I read called Conversations with God. And it's, I think, written by a, a, a guy who, like, asks questions and then he, like, stream of consciousness writes the answers. And basically, that sort of this practice of being able to just sort of, like, stream of consciousness write things feels as if it's coming from somewhere, somewhere What, else. Dude, absolutely. And absolutely. so my logical brain, like, when I stream of consciousness journal, right. can kind of can totally wrap my head around. Like I know my, my hand is moving on the paper, but like somehow, and it doesn't, it's not always like not every time I'm journal writing, does it feel like, like something channeled or something? Yeah. Like something is coming from somewhere else. But, um, so in a logical sense, like that's how, um, I can sort of relate to your, your experience. Um, before mine starts to become like that, maybe it'll evolve into that. Um, and also in regard to like ancestors, um, I think it's nice to kind of say that ancestors can be anybody. Like I attached to Emiliano Zapata because I thought he was really handsome <laughs> and, um, you know, we're both have this Mexican origin. So like that seems like, um, like he could be a sort of a literal ancestor, but, also, ancestors could be anybody that you connect to. Well, um, like it could be um, some other celebrity that may come from a totally different culture or an, an author, a writer. Um, if you go back far enough, we're all connected. An animal. Well, dude, okay, yeah. so this is the other thing. You connect with Emiliano? Emiliano. Emiliano yeah. Zapata. And, you know, you were like, oh, because I thought he was handsome or whatever. Honestly... I can't tell you how many times I've connected with somebody initially because I thought that they were attractive, but there was something else underlying it that I knew that I needed to know them. 
And I don't recall if I've talked about this before, but your intuition is incredibly powerful if you just lean into it. And we're drawn to certain people or certain circumstances or whatever. And sometimes we're not even aware of why, but it's important. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to be in a space where we feel comfortable enough to um, investigate, you know, just being curious, you're, you're activating that childlike sense of wonder again. And t- we talked about tapping into your inner child and how important that is and being investigative and asking questions and learning it broadens our perspective, it, it, it depthens our awareness and it deepens our consciousness and it, it just makes our life so much richer. Yeah. And to be in a space where we can welcome that and usher in a healthy relationship with that kind of learning about other people, about ourselves, really is what it comes down to is you were talking about anybody can be an ancestor, you know, you f- whoever you feel connected to. And I believe that. Like you talked about, you know, Clint, being an ancestor is like, yeah, he came before us. I think it's anybody who came before us. That's what I feel. Yeah. You know, and I, there's definitely a connection to that, that I resonate with. And, and I sent you a video of, uh, you know, talking about ancestors and connecting with them and things like that. And there was this exercise that they were talking about, about um, welcoming your ancestors in, you know, creating like this, whether it's an altar space that could be very simple, like an image of a past loved one or whatever. And you're just creating this connection with their, their memory. And there can be something very cathartic about connecting with a memory, connecting with experiences and, and these beautiful, wonderful feelings that we remember from them. And even before them, like what is the value of creating a connection with somebody you've never met? You know, what are the kind of insights that you might be able to stream of consciousness right out from, from an experience that you're, t- you're kind of like in the dark with, you know, yeah. connecting with people that you've never met and seeing where your, your hand goes when you're writing it out. I did this thing last night, um, connecting with my guides where I call it self monologue, where you just talk about your problems out into your space and you answer your own questions and there was this moment where I, I recognized that I stopped talking and one of my guides stepped in and was like, I was channeling one of my guides and he was asking me questions. And to show me that I truly did believe the good things about myself. You know, when I was in question of like, I was kind of anxious and kind of in a low space and when I was channeling that energy, it was, he was reminding me like, no, you're strong, you're capable, you are empowered. You know, do you believe this about yourself? Yes. Okay. Well then, you know, this is how we move forward. Which guide was that? Uh, this was Proteus. Who's my, who's my wolf guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been with me for forever. You talk a lot about Proteus. He's a, he's a, he's definitely a main character, man. He's, he's there all the time and I can always rely on him. Yeah. He t- Oh, that was the other thing. So he used to tell me all the time and I fucking, I blew my top when I figured this out last night and it shouldn't have taken me 20 years to figure this out. But he always told me to wear my crown. And so there was this moment where I did mushrooms for the first time with my ex, one of my exes back in San Diego. And I had this vision 
of these hands coming out of the clouds holding a crown and they were placing it on his head and he was like looking up at it and guiding it down onto his head and feeling himself for the first time in his like cosmic regality like he knighted himself and was owning absolutely everything about himself all of his past all of his future all of his present and it was one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen and so from that moment I, we used to say like oh wear your crown don't forget to wear your crown you stand up a little bit taller you start to breathe a little bit more deeply everything's a little bit more intentional and you said we used to say yeah my ex because okay. i told him what i saw and when we were experiencing that and so and then proteus would remind me that you know all the time he would say, you know wear your crown boy and I would, you know, oh shit. Like I'd remember who I was in those moments because it's so easy to forget being in the 3D world. We're inundated with so many distractions and so many dense experiences. And we forget our light sometimes. We forget our our magic. We forget our power. We forget our purpose, you know, this sense of passion about things and that glow. You know, when you watch somebody talk about something they're really excited about and they just light up, that. So it's like, wear your crown, tap into that energy. That's what that's all about. And then I remembered last night as I was channeling Proteus and he's asking me these questions. And then I find like the, when he ended the channel of like communication, he said, wear your crown. And then I realized wearing your crown is also activating your crown chakra, which is like divine connectedness, like connectedness to all, all things being united, that sense of wholeness and united consciousness of like all everybody's the same everybody's here experiencing this this human experience through their own unique consciousness but it's all we're all together in it and that's why connectedness to me is the meaning of life and i've said this before i know but the whole point is to build the whole point is to grow and create and collaborate and learn from each other and from ourselves. And that's why I think it's powerful to have moments of like being a hermit and, you know, really reflecting on what your life is like, where you are in your life right now, where you've been, how far you've come, very important. And it's all a part of this release and renewal process, this like death and rebirth process, this shedding of an old self and coming into a new self. And I think, that actually ties into one of the cards that we pulled today. Uh, I pulled the Eight of Cups from the Divine Masculine deck, and this deck is by I don't know Vasish. I don't not sure who this is deck, but the Divine Vasish and Vasish. Yeah, um, it's a really really beautiful deck. I believe it's a, they're like each one is actually an oil painting, and there's oh, wow. so much detail, and they're just it's just it, it has. I particularly like that all the it's a masculine deck, so I believe I think all the characters are male presenting mostly, but there's some androgyny or there's some different body types within there. So I feel like it's inclusive. Um, but um, the Eight of Cups is generally about leaving a situation. There's a darkness to it. There's a sadness to it. Um, leaving something that maybe wasn't a bad situation necessarily but it's sort of like you've outgrown it um and when i read the book on it they call like as a simple summary that says time to leave mm. um and um 
and yeah, so I, um, yeah, so like, what are, what are, what are we leaving? Like, what are we leaving behind? And I think before we started recording, we had a conversation and I think we were talking a lot about, um, these parts of ourselves that maybe we've outgrown and, uh, you know, they've been a big part of our, of our lives and like, but it's time to kind of move, move away from those things. Um, so that's the card that I pulled. Yeah. And I think what goes along with that, what comes to mind is, um, you know, when people make resolutions or they say, you know, I'm, I no longer want to usher this kind of experience in my life. I no longer want to resonate with, uh, this kind of low vibrational thinking or like negative self-talk or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I know that I said I am, I'm ready to let go of everything that no longer serves me or the highest good of those concerned, you know? And, you know, we say, we say things like this, we have these affirmations and I'm real. This is like the last two weeks have been really heavy for me. And this is the first time that I, I set an affirmation like that and I committed to it energetically like, okay, I'm ready. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready and I'm, I'm, I'm ushering in the opportunities to express my readiness and the opportunities came and they were fucking serious. They were not playing around. And when I tell you that if you are welcoming change into your life, if you are asking for change, be prepared to feel and don't fight the feelings accept them because they are lessons. They are some of the greatest teachers that you will ever know are your feelings and to welcome them in the anxiety, the fear, the depression, the like they're all trying to tell you something. They're trying to tell you something about your life. They're trying to tell you about what no longer fits or what you want to avoid. So if you want to avoid something, then you have to change. You have to change what you've been used to. You have to change how you've been interacting with people around you or change your social circles or change your location or change like your job or whatever it is. What are you changing? Then? I'm changing my response to my anxiety. I'm changing my response to my depression. I, I, I was very judgmental. I was very self-critical. And I think it came from this place of like wanting to, there's this like perfectionist quality that I have. And there's this judgment that goes along with perfectionist quality people where we're so, we can be so harsh on ourselves and if we get it wrong then there's this like there's this immediate reaction to that that is negative instead of oh well i'm learning and this is my first time doing this or even if it's my second or third time doing this i'm not going to be perfect at it and to release that and to finally say like okay i'm letting go of that and it's okay to figure this out it's okay to say that I'm new here. It's okay to say that I've only, I've, this is the first time I've been in this fucking stage of my life and I'm figuring it out, you know? So I'm letting go of, I'm mourning the death of the part of me that created and manufactured crises because he was addicted to chaos because that's what I knew in my childhood. And I'm tired of recreating that. So guess what? When I said I'm releasing it, they're like, okay, but to release it, you have to acknowledge it. You have to see it again. It's going to resurface 
And you better be prepared because if you're not prepared, it's going to rock you and then you'll figure it out and everything will be fine anyway. But being prepared really just means, are you ready to feel? And I just leaned into it and I was like, fuck it. Okay, let's see it. And all of these different parts of myself came to the surface and I was like, whoa, I forgot about you or I conveniently misplaced you, you know? Um, And it's very humbling. It's like, fuck, you're right. I do have some things to look at and, and change. And it's so beautiful to be in that place instead of judging it and say, Oh, I'm a piece of shit or, Oh, like I haven't, what, wh- you know, what have I learned since, you know, experiencing this for the first time when you come around, when you come back around to it and when it's put in front of you, the question really is like, what do you want to do now? You know, and then what? So you see this, what do you choose? Do you choose to change? Do you choose to be extra vigilant on how you respond to certain st- stimuli or circumstances or situations or if somebody gets angry at you how do you res- you know how do you respond if you get angry at yourself how do you respond why are you angry you know all of these different questions come up and i'm i'm choosing to live with more bliss and what that means is accepting more peace in my life and realizing that peace isn't a thing it's a place and it's a place I can go at any time. And I have to just remind myself that because it's so easy to forget. Yeah, you know, I um, have the same thing with perfectionism. Uh, I'm totally guilty of that uh, often. And, you know, part of my experience of it, it seems to kind of come back um, in any situation that maybe is a new situation where I have to like, when I have to learn something new. Um, and, and, you know, I always want to be like really good at it right at the beginning. Um, but what you're talking about reminds me of, I'm hoping that as I've, uh, gotten older and as I've, um, been engaged in a practice of like trying to be self-aware and, um, trying to learn from my mistakes and like do things a little bit, do things differently and do like not be so hard on myself. Um, you know, I totally foresee like, uh, my, I'm supposed to start UCLA in September of 2024 as a Spanish major, um, because my parents didn't teach me Spanish. So it is a lifelong, like bucket list goal of mine to, um, learn to be fluent in Spanish. That's fucking awesome. And, um, I totally foresee uh, when I go to school, I tend to like, I can, get really, really frustrated because, um, I, I, I was an A student in high school. Um, but I have to work really, really hard. Like it, like reading books, like I have to read out loud in a very quiet room. Like, I think we talked about that. Like I'm a slow reader before. Um, but I have to work really, really hard to, to, to get these, you know, good grades or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's this part of me, the me that's here right now, that fears that I'm going to slip into the perfectionist mode and just like become really self-loathing again. Um, when we're talking about like time to time to leave, yeah. or, like, regeneration, I say time to leave because that's sort of the key words from the eight of cups card that I pulled today. Yeah. Um, that, that is something that kind of comes up for me. It's like, it's time to leave the sort of self-loathing negativity that I have to be so hard on myself. Um, 
that is the that is something that it's time to leave and this year has felt like a bit of distance where i get to like uh, where i haven't been feeling that um and I'm, I'm really grateful for that um and i'm hoping like i said i'm hoping that i've learned and will handle things better um even when i'm presented with this new situation maybe maybe um I will go about it really smoothly and be in that place of peace that, that you said, um, it's making a conscious choice. You know, yeah. it really is about intentionality. I think, I mean, we talk about magic a lot. That is magic is your actions meeting your intentions and putting it out there for the energies to be picked up is like, it's energy in motion, you know? Well, that, um, the the words are all true and good but one thing that i like that you know we talk we talk about magic all the time but another element of of magic is the like hands-on part of it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um where i get to use my like tools and my magical trinkets and i get to engage my creativity my inner child to um to assess the different things that um, I need some help with potentially. Um, Lots of symbolism and yeah, imagery so used. I love those because otherwise sometimes like it, it feels like a bunch of words and a bunch of instructions. And sometimes I think the act, the actions and the doing of these, like making these altars that I make and doing moon ceremonies, um, that I follow from my witch mentor, uh, yeah. Amanda Yates Garcia. Um, um, these sorts of action things really have this powerful, like learned, like getting, getting it into our bodies. Absolutely. You know? It's affirming that I believe in this. It's affirming that this is real to me. And I mean, I've been using my altar when was the first time I made one? I think it was back in San Diego. So it was like seven years ago, six, six years ago. And uh, it started with one crystal and like, you know, maybe some Palo Santo and Sage or something. And it was just a special little space on my desk that had some sort of, you know, magical meaning to me and, and some beautiful memory that I held, you know, with that item and it started to grow and it started to grow. And then I learned about crystals. And then, you know, there was this process of learning and understanding and discovering and remembering. There's this part of me, I truly believe that the more we tap into our spirituality, the more we remember about ourselves, like our true selves, our highest self. And that's the tap, the part that we tap into when we're using our intuition, this, this knowing, this idea that we are guided into this, this space or this realm with uh with a little bit of help you know this this we have a tool tool belt and we have all these tools at our disposal whether they're physical or mental they're there and it's very real and i like what you're talking about with the altar because an altar can be very simple it doesn't have to be this giant ornate thing you know with dozens of trinkets and items and medallions or whatever Although ours have dozens of Although ours are my, yeah. Marcus has yet to be at my apartment, but it's, he's going to be in for a ride when he sees my, my altar because it's a lot. But uh, anyway, the idea is the doing aspect of anything. I mean, I myself am, that was redundant. I am 
a an experiential learner so i have to do things to feel like to really take it in i have to work with my hands i have to you know my rituals um have been established over 20 years of whether it's a cleansing ritual or whether it's a um a releasing ceremony you know that those are very in depth they they're, they're multi steps they're they're very dynamic and each process in this this work that we do for you know honoring ancestors or releasing parts of ourselves that we no longer want or that we find don't serve us anymore you know maybe they served a purpose in the past but they don't anymore and that's this time to leave aspect we can do that at any time that's the most beautiful part of magic is like you can tap into it at any moment it doesn't have to be some giant ornate or some giant um uh intricate process it can be as, as simple as stating i'm done with this or i welcome this i welcome peace i welcome clarity i welcome you know calm and we talked about this and i think our, our last episode of being in a place of calm and operating from that that vibration is so loving that vibration is so trusting and when we are leaving things behind when you can feel calm about releasing something that's been a part of your life, your entire life, there is a power to that. There's a sense of like, I got this energy, you know? And the more that we do that, the more we empower ourselves and the more powerful we feel, the more powerful we become. Oh, this reminds me. So I did the, the new moon ceremony. Okay. It was a new moon in Scorpio last night, Monday, the November 13th. Yeah. And, um, and it was led by my witch mentor, Amanda Yates Garcia. And, um, there was a part where we had to sort of embody a, a feeling that we're sort of letting go of. And I, I recognize my grasping. I have, there's a lot of, I have this, this grasping sense of, I have to, it might be connected to my perfectionism, yeah. but this, I have to succeed. I have to accomplish. I have to be a good enough IML and I have to do all these things that will make it so that it was so that I deserved this experience. And, um, there's this, there's this grasping part of me that, um, that wants to want so much. And, and that's what I wanted to release is like, I want to release grasping for, um, sort of, quiet connectedness um it's sort of like the the receptivity that comes in my quiet reflective sort of uh practice of yeah um of using my altar and doing whatever my spiritual practice is another thing i kind of i realized as well is like i set out i set my altar out with all these things that are you know uh, organize according to my intentions. But what I usually do is like I sit in a different chair. Uh, my altar's in my room and I have a chair where I might do my journal writing. But I decided I was like, you know what? I usually like do my meditation also in that same chair. And I th said, I'm going to do it in front of my altar. I think there's, um, there's something about the altar just being there with all the items like staring me in the face and I'm walking by it all the time, which is I think part of why it works. Cause yeah. Because, you know, we are human beings, we're designed a certain way, like you're talking about being experiential, like, I think human beings are like our brains and our, 
uh, are designed to learn things through through doing action um, yeah like i don't think that's unique to any of us you know right um, right right but um so it occurred to me that like i i maybe need to go to it i need to like practice in front of it and sit there and meditate and engage with the things on there and you know there's a bell on there that ring the bell and listen to that sound and just like you know have like all this like connectivity with the items that are on there um and so that's sort of something new that i've added to um to how i'm engaging with my spiritual connection practice yeah it's a it's a participation yeah you know like it's participatory it's a lived experience absolutely and that's the fun and tapping into the childhood wonder and play that's fun to you know i also have a bell on my altar and i was you know i read somewhere that it helps um break up like static energy and stagnant energy so when you ring the bell um the the frequency of that bell is like cleansing the air cleansing the space you know i also do sage and cedar and palo santo and all sorts of different um incenses and um scents and oils and all sorts of things that i participate in my altar with you know all these oils are on my altar i have um certain crystals if i if i look at certain crystals and they i'm drawn to them i'll just pick it up and work with it i am not an encyclopedia for for crystal stuff but if i see something and i'm like oh i forget what aragonite is used for i'll look it up and then remind myself while i'm working with that okay i'm drawn to this you know it helps with anxiety i you know maybe there's a part of me that's anxious about something let me reflect on that you're working with these things that you're drawn to that's why i was talking about like your intuition's on point if you are drawn to something there's a reason you know whatever it inspires in you hold on to that there's a sense of connectedness there and i think anything that makes us feel more connected is inherently good and practicing things that make us feel good and feel connected. And especially working with your altar like that, it makes it more powerful. It makes it more, uh, I feel like it makes it function better. Like you're, whether you're casting spells or releasing things from your life that no longer serve you. Um, when you engage actively in these, in these practices, it makes it, it makes me feel more fulfilled in my spirituality that I'm doing something like I'm actually participating in my healing. And I think that's really what was, what drew me towards creating an altar, creating sacred space and blessing my space is a sense of healing, a sense of peace, a sense of calm, especially when we're going through so much. And I feel like there's so many people who are in a transitionary period right now where it's like, we need some calm. We need some peace. And sometimes we can't find that outside of our own space. And hopefully we have a safe space in our place that we can call sacred and, and ours. Yeah. Um, it make, it, all these things remind me of the childlike, which we've already talked about. But I mean, like we're going to continue talking about it all the time, I'm sure, because it's a, it's a big concept that I feel is sort of lost on our society is um, how to get in touch with this sort of creative childlike sense. 
um, all these things that I do with my altar and magic and um, bells and I, I got a I got a few I like on my travels I like to pick up different little new trinkets yeah um, and I found a what's it called it's a rattle I found a rattle Ooh. and I was attracted to it because it was red and white it's painted red and half red and half white and um, all the towers that I see across the world there's like lots of broadcast towers that tend to be painted in red and white but mm-hmm. there's something about the colors red and white I think they're there are colors within alchemy. Um, I can't explain that part right now very well. I started to do a little research and I didn't get it all. But um, anyway, so this rattle is like red and white. But um, yeah, it, it gets in touch with this childlike sense of um, that I think is a really powerful, powerful part of our being. And I was almost going to say the most powerful, but I don't think that's necessary to say um there's another there's like a challenge that i'm having lately with um needing to get um some resources funds money um (laughs) um and i'm i you know i'm not great like business wise i'm not a great like business oriented thinker i'm really very obviously we're talking about spirituality all the time I'm a little bit more like spiritually focused, but sometimes, you know, money's, money's necessary to do a lot of things that I need to do. And I'm having this great experience where I get to travel the world, but it costs money to do that. It does. So, um, I'm saying all this because there's a part of me that needs to ask for these funds that, that are, that are owed to me. Um, and while I have a lot of trouble around that, like I have to build up all this, like, I don't know, courage or whatever, um, to, to tackle those things and can feel uncomfortable. And so, you know, as we're always talking about magic and spirituality and like, I'm like, well, I want to use the same, the same tools to kind of assess that. And one of the ways I did that was I made this little, um, mini altar which is designed for um a creating altars workshop that i'm going to do at the leather convention uh claw which stands for cleveland leather awareness week however it is in los angeles (laughs) um so because the original claw happens in cleveland in april but now they uh for the past this will be the third year i believe um, they do a Cleveland Leather Awareness Week leather getaway in Los Angeles at the Westin Bonaventure Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and they've asked me to uh, do a workshop and they let me choose what to do a workshop on. And so, so I, cool. I chose to do a workshop on creating altars because I thought that's maybe the only thing. That and I'm it's qualified. so special. It's so cool. Like, <laughs> I love that so much because. You know, I mean, what are, what are other people there going to be doing workshops on? Like maybe Ooh, like rope stretching and like ropes. I forget what that's called. Shoo, shoo, I don't know. I don't remember. Either. It's yeah. But you know what I'm saying? So like, but then you come along and you're like, I'm going to teach you how to fucking build an altar. And people are gonna be like, what is that? I feel like, I feel like there's going to be such a natural energy of curiosity around it that it's going to be very successful in the, in so much that it'll teach people something that they weren't even expecting. And sometimes those are the best lessons. 
Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, I've never led a workshop like this before. And, um, so I'm trying to figure out how to do that. And, um, I, you know, made a little altar out of some paper and some like magazine cutouts, which basically the final product looks like, like a vision board diorama altar thing. Love and, it. Um, <laughs> and it's great. adorable, but inside there's a picture of me grabbing all these coins and the coins are representative of, you know, this is part of what is on my mind right now. Manifesting. I need, I need the resources to be able to continue to have this this unique experience that I'm having traveling around the world as uh, interma- international Mr. Leather. Um, um, but more than that, also coins are just a, uh, a symbol for abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, so abundance in, in all manners and in creativity, in spirituality, in love, patience, and peace, and mm-hmm. love, and in sex, and in dreams, and literal finances as well. Yeah. But just to kind of give a, a really playful example, I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a piece of paper and I'm gonna make a check, like, like from whatever, like, because because I need a check. I'm waiting for a check, you know, like from somebody specific. I need that check." And so <laughs> the logical, rational part of my, myself says, just send them an email. Like you need to send them an email and say, Hey, have you put that in the mail yet? Uh, thanks. I appreciate it. Like it doesn't have to be more charged than that. But, but um, my like playful sense wants to like create spend all this time to like make it, make a little check and put it on my altar and there's but that's so much more fun than sending an email. <laughs> right, right? I love that. But I think I think sometimes both both things uh both things are necessary and can be helpful. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh however, I did not make that check yet. Um it's just a playful example of like it just really puts me in touch with my like childlike self. Yeah. And then something also that I that I truly believe works like I created a scene where I was the um, the winner on the the podiums, the top three podiums of the IML. I created that on my altar before it happened in real life. So um, you're just aligning with that. So universe. yeah, like maybe writing out my like playful little uh, pretend check brings a lot more checks my way. Hey, absolutely, how about that? absolutely. <laughs> and there's this there's this part of me that really believes that that could be a be real and so why not play like that yeah um i just think it's so fun i agree and one of the um the fairy card that i pulled i haven't talked about it but it's uh it's called rise above your problems or rise above problems and it just talks about uh this act of surrender as well as acknowledgement you know, acknowledging what your problems are and sometimes we're the ones who create our own problems. And so acknowledging that as well, not judging it, but acknowledging it and accepting it. And then there's this sense that even if it feels insurmountable, we always, always, always have the opportunity to surrender it to whatever force we believe can take care of it. You know, this one is talking about the fairies or heaven or whatever, and it's this woman fairy with 
this like sheer uh like kind of cloth slash scarf that she's flowing above her hand head and it looks like she's about to let it go and that's that active release you know it's we're talking about time to leave and rising above problems it's this sense of renewal it's a very phoenix type energy of like you know from the ashes comes anew you know but there is this process of burning you know sometimes it's painful sometimes it's easy but like i said earlier like we can't be afraid to feel cuz there we have to experience it it's part of part of the process and surrendering however that looks to you sometimes it's as simple as i don't want to deal with this i'm handing this over to fill in the blank and i trust that you've got this covered for me and you just let it go and it can be as simple as that and just reminding ourselves that if we have problems the universe has an infinitely better imagination than we do so i trust the universe to figure shit out <laughs> at its level because i can't even comprehend the kind of inner workings of the universe so that's what i like to do i just if i'm really in something that's so deep i just let it go okay it'll get figured out one way or another you know yeah that's uh that's a really good um, ask like another element to add to it, the surrender element, because yeah, it is really helpful sometimes to kind of just be like, I'm going to put this down for today, uh, which is basically what I did for um, lately in regard to that email that I need to send about, about my check or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put this down for today, which also looks like procrastination. But or it's waiting for divine right timing. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, but what's interesting is it could be it could kind of um look go both both ways, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And it's and it I guess really has a lot to do with how 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 real am I being with myself, you know? Am I procrastinating or am I being patient? I had to ask myself that that was a powerful question for me uh, a week ago or maybe three weeks ago, but no, it's really that idea of like, there's this sense. I think I've talked about this before about like being lazy, like, Oh, you're procrastinating. You're being lazy or you're just waiting for the right time to handle it. Maybe I don't have the energy to do it right now. Maybe I don't have the right mindset. Maybe the intention is going to be muddied by doubts, you know, whatever it may be. When I'm ready, I'm ready. When I decide to do it is precisely the right time. Yeah. I mean, what's that line from, uh, I'm going to fucking butcher it. It's J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, Lord of the Rings. When Gandalf is like, a wizard is never late. He arrives precisely when he means to or something like that. Mm, I don't really know that one. So, Well, yeah. So that's the idea is like, whenever, whatever, whenever it happens, it ha- is exactly when it was meant to happen. Yeah. I got my check actually. <laughs> Did you get it? I got one of them. Oh, okay. See one of them. <laughs> yes. On the way. See, it's already happening. Thanks universe. Thanks universe. I was, I was, you know, I was practicing being patient, but also just practicing being in the moment in my life. Like, uh, which is very convenient because it allows me to continue to putting off like that thing. I don't feel like doing. Um, but, um, but yeah. Um, Everything works out. Everything. I, I think there's a, a really cool d- shift that has occurred. Um, 
as a result of all of the work that I've done, all the different practices that I've shown up for these new, these, these are like all this like spirituality, magic stuff. This is new stuff for me, particularly over the past like three years. And, um, with, with all the different ways that I've tried to grow as a person, um, uh, what is so different than the person who I was, the person who I also need to sort of leave behind the, um, the self-loathing person that was filled with such like sadness and depression and self-hatred. Um, I have so much more faith now. That's amazing. I have so much more faith that everything, everything's going to be okay. It, you know, things may not turn out exactly how I, I how I thought they would um, or in the timing that I would have liked, but I have so much more faith that like, I can trust where I decide to steer my life and um, I can handle what what life throws my way. Um, so that is such a like a wonderful a wonderful shift. It's a huge takeaway. I mean, being able to f- like I know f- I feel the same where I feel like there is certainly a divine architecture in the underworkings and overworkings of reality of life and how when you start to recognize synchronicities and when things start to line up um you just see so many things happening for you instead of to you that's how i viewed things as like things aren't happening to me they're happening for me Mm, this reminds me of the, the 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 thoughts i had about the door in madrid that wouldn't that I couldn't get unlocked. Yeah. And um, I, I posted on on our Instagram this sort of like Carrie Bradshaw-esque, like me smoking a cigar and you, you can, but you can hear my thoughts. Um, and I'm talking about this, this door. But um, it also reminds me of something that happened in Mexico. There was a mosquito in my room and at night, the mosquitoes like to come out at night, like they like it in the dark. And, um, so I was trying to go to sleep and it just like it kept waking me up in the middle of the night. And, but there's something magical about Mexico that I thought like this mosquito, I, I'm despising it, but like it's a, it's a being that is, that needs to be here and it has value as well. Um, and I tried to like figure out like what value mosquitoes might have. And I looked up on Google, of course, <laughs> and um, a, I found an interesting tidbit that the Aztec, I think it was Aztecs, some sort of Mesopotamian native uh, um, culture. They they harvested the mosquito eggs and ate them like as uh, like caviar, delicacy, like a delicacy, uh, like like food of the gods. But I mean, the Aztec culture they really valued like this sort of blood as symbolic sacrifice. Okay, that makes sense. So you know, these waterflies, these mosquitoes, like. They, that's what they did. They, you know, they eat, they eat, uh, they fed off of blood. So hence there's sort of like so much magic and, um, power within the mosquitoes. Anyway, random. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in closing, um, leaving with the question, what are you guys ready to leave behind and what are you willing to do to leave it behind? Ooh, that's good. I'm glad you did that. Okay. Um, speak up. 
I want to let's hear about yeah, it. Yeah, we always love hearing you guys' feedback. So thank you so much. We appreciate all you guys. Love you tons. Thank you very much. See you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye.